Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Rodcast. We've been talking about the five-fold ministry gifts and how they help us equip others to build the church. And today we're talking about the prophetic gift. This is a big topic. So, Pastor Rod, let's go with the big picture here. What is the prophetic gift? Uh, the prophetic gift is the ability to see something which is not in, in the natural. You, you, you're seeing, you're seeing, you're, you're perceiving. It's in, and in the biblical context, it's from God. It's a, it's a godly view of something somewhere, somehow, sometime. It's, it's something, seeing something in the Holy Spirit. And um, it's always spoken of, especially the New Testament, of something that builds up. And this is really important as we come right to the beginning that the Old Testament prophet and the New Testament prophet or prophetic gift appear quite different. The Old Testament prophetic gift was very much more about foretelling of times and nations. Um, and it was also very, very strong, strongly delivered by very, um, how can I say, very, very unusually gifted people. Whereas the New Testament prophet prophetic gift seems to be spread out way, 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 way wider and broader. Because it says there in, in Ephesians 4 that when Jesus rose from the dead, he gave these gifts. So they're called resurrection gifts, New Testament gifts, New Covenant gifts. And with that has this, the, the, the spray of, of Jesus Christ and the grace of Jesus all over the gifts. So the New Testament gift of prophecy is much more widespread, more people, and, and probably not as extreme in terms of personality, and definitely lifting and edifying the whole time, which we'll go to a, a key scripture in a minute. But it's the New Testament ability after, after the resurrection to see things from God, to not see everything. Um, Paul makes it very clear we don't see a lot. We see something, and, and some area uh, to speak into positively, to edify, to lift up. Um, and this gift, I think, in, in a, a broader sense, are people that can um, maybe under, understand things quickly, uh, could be musical, could be musical ability. or Strangely enough, a lot of people with musical ability also have um, um, movements of their, of their body's gift too, so like dance, athletics, that sort of thing. It seems to be very flowing, perceptive sort of gift of – Probably people that don't like structure as much, <laughs> and okay. um, but they they can see what God is saying in a certain situation, and that makes it really exciting. Um, it could be seeing trends or seeing changes or sensing the word of the Lord for a situation. Now we all have the ability to read God's word and and do that to some degree, right? But this gift seems to have an edge. A, a, a constant edge in that area. So I, I think it's a really wonderful and, and widespread gift today. Could we go into a little bit more detail of how you've seen this gift used in church life? Uh, maybe even as, uh, if you have any personal stories or I don't know, what does this look like for the, for the church leader? Um, well, there's different levels. And I think that of, as in all these gifts, we have to develop the gift. So someone doesn't wake up one day and say, I... I have a prophetic gift, but wake up one day and say, I feel I'm developing this gift. So when you say, what's my examples, I'm thinking of quite dramatic examples where someone really did have this gift at a high level and it really impacted my life or other people's lives with a word from God. 
And when people receive a word from God, it cannot be the only word. It's got to be confirmation. So the prophetic gift today is not usually directive, like you're going to live here or do that. Not, not haven't seen much of that ever. But it's usually areas of um, expertise, areas of gifting, areas to look into, things that, that should confirm in my heart what I've been sensing through the Bible or through what God's already saying to me. So it's a, um, I've always seen it in that positive way as a confirmation, although it could be at the front edge of that, that someone then has to seek the Lord to see whether it fits in with God's right. word for our life. So there's no such thing as a directive prophet that should move people like chess pieces on a board. No, 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 no. It's just positive confirmation or positive uh, maybe to to start curiosity in certain areas. And so I, I think of when you ask me my experience, I think of probably the top end prophetic words I've received. Um, one was when I was a young, young, younger pastor. And let me say that for the first few years of my Christian life, I got saved at 19. I didn't receive any prophetic words, not one. I was the guy that got nothing, but I always got the word from journaling from God, you know, so I didn't need it. But there was a time when I was a young pastor and still wondering about my gifts, understanding I was good at a few things. I was very good at uh, running small groups. I was great in missions, um, running services. There was some things I was really enjoying. And um, But this man from America, uh, from England, sorry, um, pointed me out and said, you have the gift like Isaac in, I think it's Genesis 26, I think, where it says that he went to redig the wells of his father Abraham and then kept digging more wells. And he said, you're going to be a well digger. And as you dig the wells, you're going to bring life to to different places. And that's probably the most accurate description of what I do. You know, like digging wells is like church planting or planting, first of all, small groups and then churches and bringing life in those areas. It's not my life, but I'm just digging. I'm digging the wells of God. So um, that that always stayed with me right to this moment. You asked me that that's what comes to mind. Mm-hmm. That's sort of a picture um, that I took very, very positively and it sort of linked with my gifts and my journaling. And so I took it, said, thank you, Lord, that is a word for me. And that was probably my first key prophetic word. It was many years after I was saved, but it, it stayed with me. And I've had many since that time, but that was probably the first and quite dramatic. In fact, when I heard it, I didn't understand it. I had to look up the story in Genesis. I had to pray and think, but then I started thinking, yeah, this is this is what I want to do. This is what I love doing. And so there's that that power behind the prophetic word to motivate, urge, um, it, it clarify. But on its own, it, it would be strange. It would be a strange message without <clears throat> life and scripture around it. And I've seen people have prophetic words. I, I, I know um, I had a prophetic word for someone in, a, in our audience in one of our uh, big conferences here in Tokyo. And I was preaching. I saw someone at the back and I just said, you at the back, I knew who it was. I named them. Uh, they weren't from my Tokyo campus, but from another campus. And I said, the word of the Lord for you is that you, 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 are, you are God's man. You are the man of God. God wants to say it to you. Now, that sounds very generic. Like you could say that to anybody in the place, right? But afterwards, he and his wife came to me with tears and said, those same words were said to us 
years earlier in a conference by someone else that I pointed out and it was exactly the same words and they hadn't been really living up to that level in their right. lives. And it was like, again, the second time, a simple message, it just, it just broke through a lot of condemnation, a lot of stuff. And so to me and others listening would think, well, that's pretty general. That's pretty ordinary. But to those people, it was really, really specific. And I do think prophetic word is often like that, that it, it should mean something to the person from, because if it's from God, it said it will, it will edify, it will lift, it will comfort, it will, it, it will do something powerful. Um, and so that's, that's a couple of little examples. And I've seen prophetic words over other people to consider uh, doing something. And, and the words are very important. And today's prophetic words, you know, when, that, that big sort of thus saith the Lord is a very big statement. Uh, to, yeah. to hear prophecy in that way. I think, I think it's way more organic, way more interactive. And so often, as you know, probably being part of you know, our small groups over the years, there's probably things said that were not ordinary, that's the wrong word, but seemed mm. ordinary, but to yeah. you or others, it, was, it, was, it, it became prophetic word. So I think prophecy is all around us, actually. Um, it's, it's the result of prophecy that I want to really dig in on. Because I've also seen people take prophetic word the wrong way or too much, too soon. or what, So it's got to be balanced as a wonderful gift in its place. So for you as a young man getting that prophecy and you had to go look it up, and, but then it really resonated with you, what was the direct impact of that? Or maybe even indirect, but it sounds like encouragement and clarity yeah anything else no i think that's true and you know as a young person you're always you know doubting your gifts and not wanting to overstate right. your gifts yeah but when someone else said the very thing i was good at is to start connect groups and see them grow and then uh, in mission start churches i had already helped start churches in the philippines by that time not by living there but by doing teamwork and consistently it just it's what i wanted to do and then it was like God was, God had already spoken to me in some way, but it was someone mm -hmm. with flesh on, a human being speaking yeah. the same thing. And it just brought mm -hmm. confidence, I think is the answer. Um, encouragement, okay. confidence. It's not just me dreaming about it or thinking about it. It actually is, is a thing. And um, some total stranger who's a great man of God was able to see something on my life and speak it, um, brought, brought confidence um, maybe I, I led at a higher level after that with that confidence and, mm -hmm. um, not, it doesn't lead to arrogance. I don't mean pride, but it just, there's the confidence to, to, wow, yeah, I could, there's really something on my life. I, I'm going to go for this more and more. Mm. It seems like, like prophecy can be over, over spiritualized. Um, and I, I think if you've been in, ch in church circles long enough, you've probably seen it kind of misused or, or where it hasn't had a good impact and maybe, mm. maybe it wasn't true prophecy. What, what would be some of the, I don't know, the myths around sure. this or the common misconceptions around well, prophecy? Well, one of the things we need to establish right now is New Testament prophets or New Testament prophecy. 
Because the Old Testament prophets, I said this at the beginning, the Old Testament prophets were very extreme and a lot of their words were very even harsh because it was for that time and place in God's prophetic calendar. We don't live in that time. We live in this time in the New Testament. And I think that the New Testament prophet needs to be understood because if someone comes in and they're just being negative, that and says I'm a prophet, no, no, that's just being negative. <laughs> that's right. You're not a, you're not an Old Testament prophet. You're just negative. I think that that is a challenge to our brain. So I don't want to be like that. I, I don't want to. I don't want that in the church. I don't want someone to come in and just land on something and be strong. Because New Testament prophecy is quite different. And and this is something I've been thinking about a lot with um, when when John the Baptist came and then Jesus. John the Baptist was, they call him probably the last of the Old Testament prophets because he was alive to fulfill the, the prophecy of Elijah coming back. Jesus said that. And he landed and and declared, repent. His, his message is very clear in, in Mark chapter 1. It says John came baptizing in the desert region and, and preaching a baptism of repentance. Now that's a repentance means changing the mind or changing thinking. Like like get get ready for a big change. Old Testament prophet is is this is a big change, and he prophesied Jesus, and later on prophesied here is the Lamb of God Jesus, but his message was very strong, and people came out confessing their sins. Is there anything wrong with that? No, except when Jesus came a few verses later. Listen to the subtle difference about Jesus' message. Uh, after John was put in prison, this is verse 14, Mark, Mark 1, 14. He went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. And Jesus puts flesh around repent with the kingdom of God and good news. And in that, change your thinking. And I think this is the change from Old Testament, which is very stark, very alone, to a much more new, new Testament, not nuanced, not not softened, but but contextualized between the kingdom of God is here. It's really, really good. And there's really, really good news from Jesus. So change your mind, repent. I think this is the New Testament shift that I see. And, and it's explained very, very clearly in 1 Corinthians 14 by Paul where uh, this is this is probably our, our, our go-to scripture if anyone's listening I think we need to, to really read through these scriptures because it, it it makes it clear um, in in first Corinthians 14 3 everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening encouragement and comfort he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself but the one who prophesies edifies the church what's the word edify mean it means to build to build up, to lift. And so the New Testament prophet must do one of these three things or all of these three things. They must strengthen, encourage, and comfort. And as I looked at those three words in the original Greek, all three are very positive words. There, there is a sense of correction or direction, but the major sense is lift. So lift into your place is the way that I would really understand the New Testament prophecy um, it, it's a prof prophetic word that brings good news that talks about the kingdom of God and our place in it to change our thinking. So the New Testament prophet should have a wonderful, wonderful response. This is the key. 
to a New Testament prophetic word in a in a church or a individual, it does occasionally lift or sorry direct a little, correct a little, but a whole lot of encouragement, whole lot of good news. This is for a great future. It's about gifting and passion and drive and ambition, godly ambition, and it speaks into those areas which lift people, which is why I love it. I, I love this gift. I love seeing it operate. And, um, you know, here in Japan, we've even seen our young Christians able to operate in this gift at, at a very simple level, which is amazing, awesome. I'm sure it's the same in Hong Kong, right, Richard? You see the impact of a prophetic word. Yeah, if it's if it's uh, modeled in a way that is not overly spiritual, then it seems to flow and people don't get confused um, yeah. that it's some mysterious thing up here, but they, but they realize that actually a lot of people can speak prophetically. Um, yeah. So yeah. I think modeling really helps. And I think that um, in, in Lifehouse, we try to model the, the, the words that we use, like I feel I have a word for you from the Lord, or I, I think I'm seeing something. So the, the word I feel, I think, allows the person to say no, or yes, or I'll look into that. When we say, thus saith the Lord, it's, it's, it's like almost speaking the words of God, and I, I, I would be very afraid of that um, personally, and I wouldn't like it. But when the, the words are couched in, in normal for us, normal English or normal Japanese or whatever the case is, and speaking from a heart of love for them, a something we're seeing or feeling in the Holy Spirit, and we're saying to them, you check it out, you, you decide. I think there's so much safety in that. But you also will see a lot of response when it's from God. And when I say when, I hopefully that's 100%, but... Um, yeah. You will see it, um, and and it's actually physical to some degree. The the response of a person sensing that God has spoken and it's good. So the response is not recoil, recoiling like oh oh no, I'm afraid. It's not recoiling. It's not reacting badly. It's leaning into and going, thank you, Lord. Wow, that's amazing. I feel I need to look into that. I want to search the scripture on that. I want to look up the Bible verses on that. I want to So there's a seeking, there's a a leaning into God and a lifting. And it's not it's not any sense uh, weird. And a lot of the prophetic word is actually picture form or metaphors or like I see I see something which means something. So for the man to say to me, I see you digging wells like Isaac did, um, that's a metaphor from the Old Testament. That's a picture. you got to look it up. What did he do? Well, he kept digging and uh, there was always water and some people wanted it and so he let, he let them have it like, okay, because he realized the gift is not in the well, the gift is on the person, digging the well. So I looked into the whole thing. It just made sense. It just was so encouraging. So I'm leaning into the word and I think that um, – in my second example of saying over someone, you know, you, you're a man of God or whatever I said, um, and the response being way more than you would think, right? So like normally someone say, thank you very much or, wow, that's great. But to actually hear and see a like tears and change life and revelation and seeking the Lord and Bible study as a result of that word, 
then you still go, wow, this is way beyond uh, what I thought. And, and this is the Holy Spirit touch on people. So this is a wonderful thing when you see the response of a prophetic word. That, and, and here in Japan, a lot of our young Christians are reading the New Testament and reading all about prophecy and tongues, and there's, there's just no issue about whether it's in the Bible. It's Pastor Rod or Pastor Richard, what is this? And so there's a, a, a direct hunger to, to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit without any theological issues, just reading it and saying, mm-hmm. And then realizing that they can actually speak over someone else, and we encourage that at the right time. And seeing Japanese, Jap- Japanese have a, a, an actual visual response to being touched by the Holy Spirit. It's usually uh, glassy-eyed, like, as in almost crying but not quite, and an honesty where they say what's happening or what am I feeling, like actually saying something. Um. Uh, Viv and I saw this just a few days ago in our Sapporo church. Um, a beautiful lady just coming to Christ. First was doing the Alpha course, learning about Jesus. First time in church in her life. And um, in the, she said in the message, I felt, I felt so strange. And she's trying to get the words out. And, and we just spoke over her life and she started crying. And we said, you're feeling the Holy Spirit. She said, yes. And... Um, so we often see a, a visceral response, an actual physical response or an honest declaration of God's goodness. Pretty amazing, eh? Or a lot of our young people speak over a new friend saying, I see that you have this in your life. And that friend says, really? You, you can see that? Really? That means so much to me. So that there's a huge honesty in Japanese when they're touched in the Holy Spirit, which gives us a, a window, really, to the soul. And I think every culture is different, but um, we've actually been able to, to really identify this. And even when we just read a prophetic scripture, such as Jeremiah 29, 11, which we love here, we call it the Japanese verse because it has an impact. That's, that's the scripture in the Old Testament where God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans for a, a future and a hope and not for evil. And we ask Japanese to read that verse. Often there is an, a visceral response, an actual Oh, maybe they don't mm. say, oh, but just like that look. And and we say, do, do you think that could be for you? And they, maybe. So there's, a, there's an honesty that the prophetic word just cuts right through to the heart and people say something of their journey, journey coming to Christ, journey after Christ, journey of this change. It's quite dramatic, actually, being in a culture like this. And I don't know about Hong Kong, would you say, there's a response when yeah, someone is about, touched with prophetic word. I was about to say that it, it, it works here pretty good too. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that's scripture and then also similar kind of response with people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and we and, live in cultures where many books have been written about how they're not that emotional on the outside. And we sort of go, you don't know them. Um, they're wonderful. Um, but it is interesting, a prophetic word and a, and a dynamic scripture just cuts right through. And then they start saying, I don't know what I'm feeling or why do I feel this way? Or quite an honest um, response, isn't it? Yeah. And in our context, uh, there's there's definitely a real lack of encouragement here. And when pro- when the prophetic voice is lifting, 
which is what it should be, yeah. uh, then it has a big impact. Yeah. Well, let me read the scripture again. Everyone who prophesies speaks to men, oh, that word men is men and women, to people, for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. And it edifies, it, it lifts. The key word is edify in all the scriptures. It, 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 it edifies the church. It edifies people which is a sort of a strange word, I guess, today. It means, you know, to lift. And, I, I, you know, I see in Hong Kong with you, you know, just speaking to your beautiful young people there and older people, just a word, you know, like the impact is great. You know, yeah. you've got that wonderful young uh, middle-aged guy in your church, um, one of your key leaders, and you just speak a word to him and he just says, yeah, that's what God is saying to me. Or I feel, you know, like really, really mm-hmm. leans in. Yeah, from a person who is reading the word, loving the word, and then that's exactly what God's been saying to me. And you know that that's a very uh, real, these are very real responses to a prophetic word. And so that's so exciting. And in Indonesia is. is much more um, more emotional, let's say. Uh, I'm, that's not a negative. It's just that they're much more bubbly and effervescent always laughing and niggling and joking and to see them actually become quiet uh, or just like actual like stunned Mm. but then the result is they want to know more of god they want to come back to god or they can even get Mm -hmm. saved because we're speaking to non-christians too so the a very very bubbly culture um wonderful culture we love our indonesian brethren um, but all of a sudden there's a touch and it's like, whoa, that something has happened here. And um, a- absolute honor for God's word as well. So you say, let's read the word. And, and, and no matter what religious background they're from, there's a hunger to read God's word because they're being touched by God. Pretty exciting, isn't it? It is exciting. And as uh, from the leader's perspective, from the person uh, who may be giving a prophecy, which I'm not, I'm not saying it's just leaders, but growing in your leadership and maybe realizing, oh, wow, God can actually speak through me. Uh, I think for me, a, a, a big part of this was that realizing that like, I don't have to say those things that you said before, like thus saith the Lord, God told me to tell you this. Or I, th- I think when we remove that stuff, yeah. and we can just speak honestly to people. We can actually... I think a lot more people are prophetic than they think they are. Absolutely um, agree. And I think it's really exciting to grow in that. Yeah. Um, if you just take away all those statements and just speak mm. to people, mm-hmm. we, I think we can be very prophetic. Uh, yeah. A lot of people. That's great. With um, running local churches, one of the things that we do, uh, watch out for are, are strangers who want to do that. We say, no, no, we don't know you. Um. Right. If people come with a recommendation or, you know, something, that's different. But we've had that situation. We've had to say to people, sorry, we, we actually don't know you. So there is a pastoral aspect of this. We're not trying to shut down God's word, but let's just make it really safe because especially here in Asia, like we just said, people take it very seriously. And um, there must actually be some level of teaching, like you just said, with the, the words that we're going to say and how do we give it. And oh, the other thing is we say don't do it in a corner. Don't take someone into a corner and say, I have a word. No, no, it, it should be public. It's, it, it, it's, we're not ashamed. We're, not, we're yeah. not identifying people's sins and declaring it. We're not doing that. No way. Mm-hmm. We're sharing 
again, let me say it I, I, over and over. I'll just say it in the, in this thing. It's, it's for encouragement, edification, and comfort. And there might be a time to teach and train about moving from sin, but this is not that moment um, to, to humiliate. Actually, when I was a very – I said I never got a prophetic word for years after I became a believer at 19, but I actually did get a negative prophetic word. And it was in a conference. I'd only, only been saved literally three months. My, my first few months of being a Christian was dramatic in all sorts of ways. I'm in a conference. And I'm loving the Lord. I really, my life had changed 100%. I turned around, you know, 180 degrees. My life, I was reading the Word, loving it, and trying to overcome my insecurities and whatever at the time. But there's this famous guy from New Zealand that's, pointed me out and said, you've got darkness on you and you've got this on you, like publicly to me. When he said you, I thought, oh, I'm going to get a word. It was just this negative. You know what? I didn't receive one word and it did not affect me at all because I was reading the Bible and I knew it was out of order and I knew that scripture that, you know, it's to encourage and strengthen, you know, and this word was, was a negative and it was humiliating. But I wasn't humiliated because I didn't receive it. And I would encourage anyone who's, who's got a negative prophetic word, you need to discard it. You need, need to, to say, put it, on, put it on the shelf is what we say. Just put it on the shelf. Let, 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 let's, let's see over time. But don't let a negative word get into your soul. Because as I said back to Jesus, Jesus came and preached the kingdom of God, good news, and repent. There was a context for change, and the context was lift. Not you're bad, not mm. you've got darkness on you, but you can have light. You can have good. Like it's it's a different way. Because if he'd brought the prophetic word like that, I would have gone great. I'm I'm all for the light. I'm all you know like. But it, it right. wasn't it wasn't good. And. I can honestly say it did not impact me. Isn't that amazing? Even as a baby Christian, I, I discerned that even though he was a, a well-known person, I discerned that that was not right. And I also had a friend once who had a word from someone that like he was living in a cave with spider webs. And, and I said to him, that's not from God. So we made an appointment to see his pastor. He asked me to come. I didn't go to argue. I just, he wanted me to come because he was scared. And just said, I don't think this is right. And that pastor said, thank you for bringing this back to me. Yes, I wasn't, I shouldn't, that wasn't right. And, and it was a good outcome. But, but the base of all this discussion is that we know it's going to lift, right? We know it's going to encourage. We, that, is the, that is the outcome of prophetic word. And again, let me say, Old Testament prophetic word that is strong and harsh and directional is not New Testament prophecy. That's Old Testament prophecy, and that season has gone. Can there be some warning in there? Yeah, but it's got to be the lift, um, right? Like, like it's God. God is speaking future. Yeah. So He's not saying you've done these things. He's going to say something like, "If you change, you're going to get this, this, these things you've been praying about." Now, I don't want to put words mm-hmm. in God's mouth, right? Because yeah, this is a bit weird to say this, but. The way sure. it comes out is hope, right? Not not judgment. And you know, I, I think so. It's inspirational. Start, yes, 
when I hear it, I, I want that. I, I'm, yeah. Hey, I'm going to change something because I want I want something in God. That's great. So the 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 way it's presented in New Testament is is let me say it again: Kingdom of God and good news. That that's the that's the context for the word. So yes, it can be corrective. It can be, you know, a warning, but it's got to be wrapped with New Testament covering of grace and hope, which makes people lift. You know that when people feel condemned or well, let's mm. use the word condemned, they're not moving forward. They will yeah. not move forward. They will back away from leadership. They will back away from Bible reading. They will back away from prayer, from church. When people feel judged and, um, you know, just all that, all that, People back away. But when people feel encouraged, um, even if it's got a, a warning or a, hey, if, if, if you do this, this will happen, it's, it's like being a father, isn't it, with your kids? Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, there's something better. You know, you, you don't really want to do that anymore because we're going to do this and it's better. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's wrapped in that language, I believe, um, now there are some exceptions. Um, I mean, Jesus can speak directly to people, and it is a strong warning. You know, the Bible talks about conviction of the Holy Spirit. But I'm talking about the prophetic word. I don't want to be the deliverer of of a word that Jesus should be delivering. Um, you know, like in, in early in the book of Revelation, the, the the seven churches, Jesus, six of the seven churches told them to change something. It was very directive. Mm. And, and, and the Apostle John wrote it down. We have the book of Revelation. Um, I, I think that's a very unusual um, prophetic word, and I, I, would, I would hope that it was Jesus through his words speaking to us about that stuff, that right. we can pinpoint it. Thank you, Lord. I need to do that. And that's also in teaching. That's a different gift called teaching, where we teach from God's word like Revelation 3. You know, the Bible says if you lost your first love, you should repent and do the things you did at first. That's what Jesus said. So you're, you're referring to that's, that's teaching. But when it's speaking to somebody, there's got to be the concept of if you do this, you get that. Something, something, is gonna ha- something good is going to happen. Um, right. And it's not like judgment. Like you hear, you hear these prophecies of like, national disasters happening because God is judging that nation or this kind of stuff, which it, there's, there's no hope at all attached to that. There's no inspirational element at all. No. Uh, and and that's, again, that's sort of more Old Testament prophecy that was more directive in its time and its, its, its nations. And I think we need to be very careful bringing that through to New Testament, living under grace, living under Jesus' times. Where God definitely has a word for nations, but I don't believe this stuff about God judging a nation. You know, I, I you know, there are many nations with bad histories, and I think we're becoming increasingly aware of hurting original people and things like that. That we think that was it was really bad. Like we, we're we're so sad that happened, and um, but then to say the judgment is on you, and you have to do something about it. I would rather go to those people and say, "Can we? Can we be brothers and sisters? Can we? Can we talk? Can we love? Can we help? Can we, like, like be restorative in our actions? If we have to say sorry about something that I did, I will. But this judgment over nations, or I, I might stop at that point. 
I, I just I just don't see that because because Jesus said this gospel will go into all the world to every ethnic group, and then the end will come. So Jesus' comment on the end times is this gospel, amongst a lot of darkness and persecution, will go to every nation. Doesn't matter what their history, doesn't matter what their state. The kingdom of God is coming to you. That is the prophetic word of the New Testament. And I think when people start living their life according to some of those um, prophetic words about Jesus returning, and it, it stops them from living normally, it stops them from giving, it stops them from doing God's will, it stops them mm. from doing, uh, making great choices and helping nations and doing missions. It stops people when 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 prophecy becomes about that. It ceases to be a New Testament revelation that we're supposed to reach this world in Jesus' name. So I love all those prophecies about nations and see I see the, I see the sovereignty of God and all that. But I'm living where Jesus says, "You will see, well, not maybe not us, but the the church will see this gospel go to every ethnic group. That's the goal. Hmm. Then we can't judge nations. We have to help nations. Does that make sense? Yeah, and bring them good news, not just absolutely kingdom not of just God down news. Good news, change. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's an it's an amazing gift. Any any advice for uh, someone growing in this gift? Uh, be part of a local church that's happy and joyful and moving forward and and missions oriented, um, and 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 put your strength into that. Um, and be under good leadership that maybe where it shows you how to, you know, when and where to prophesy and uh, all that sort of thing. And also just in general, just developing the perceptive gift in our in our uh, work life, you know, trends, um, perception, stuff from the Holy Spirit. God really helped me as a salesman before I became a pastor um, in this area. We haven't really talked about that, but there is a, a flow and effect into a lot of industries. Um, so I just think, just get excited that God speaks today and it will lift it will lift you and it will lift people with the prophetic gift. Great. Well, we'll finish it right there and then we'll go on to the next episode uh, talking about the next ministry gift. So we'll see you there.